Welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of The Modern Extractor. This podcast focuses on the processes, equipment, and science found in the Cannabis Extraction Laboratory. I'm your host, Jason Showard, and I work professionally in the cannabis extraction field. In Season 1, we followed material through an ethanol extraction lab, starting with biomass and following it all the way through to distillate and isolate. We stopped at each stage along the way and picked it apart with an industry expert guest. In Season 2, we did the same, but with hydrocarbon extraction and all the craft concentrates that that style can produce. Here in Season 3, it's less of a step-by-step walk through a lab, and I opened up the format to be able to cover all the interesting things happening in the extraction and cannabis lab science space today. On today's show, I'm joined by a colleague who is one of the only other people covering the cannabis lab science beat. She seems to know everyone in the extraction world, she's at all the trade shows, and if something new and cool is popping up somewhere, she's already there. Well, I'm happy she's here. Catherine Sidman, a.k.a. Sidco Cat, welcome to The Modern Extractor. Thank you, Jason. I'm so excited to be here. This is a lot of fun. I'm happy to have you on the show as well. I've been uh, I've been following you for a good while here, and it was it was nice to finally get to meet you the other day. And, uh, and yeah. now, now we've got you on the show. Yeah, and we met at um, we met at the CBD Expo, right, and the Psychedelic Science Conference in Denver. We did. It was a it was a very fun event. Uh huh. That was in Denver. Where where are you calling in from today? Uh, I'm at home in uh, Northern California, Trinity County. So we're we're uh, way north, not quite the Oregon border, but getting there. Nice. I'm at home in my uh, my home studio here in Los Angeles, uh, and I was really excited to get you in particular on the show today because you always kind of seem to be in the mix, popping up with whatever's hot, whatever's new in the industry. And uh, I work with a lot of Delta Eight, so we don't say hot. Ah, we gotcha. just say compliant. Fair enough. <laughs> just <laughs> well, whatever's compliant and whatever's the most interesting. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of people that are covering extraction and the cannabis lab science space. And uh, I think that you do an awesome job. And uh, like I said, I was happy to get you on the show. I think I speak for many of us in the community when I, when I say thank you for doing what you do. I always feel more informed after uh, listening to what you got going on. How'd you end up covering the field and get into this? Oh my goodness. Well, I, you know, cannabis, cannabis found me and I'm so thankful that it did. Um, probably 2009, 2010, I was just minding my own business, selling uh, world-class quality vacuum ovens to uh, aerospace, electronics, and medical device companies. And I started getting calls that just did not sound like the purchase department of Merck (laughs) or NASA Langley, you know? And the first thing I would ask, I mean, the first thing a, a good consultative salesperson will do if you're calling about a vacuum oven or other equipment is say, what's your application? Because you know, there's different pumps and there's solvents and there's not solvents and there's liquids and there's not liquids and there's, you know, aerospace is a whole other, the realm of high vacuum, ultimate deep vacuum is really fascinating. But anyway, um, people would call and I'd say, what's your application? And they would hang up. And, um, It got so bad, like it was happening a couple times a week, that I went to my boss, Mary Babbitts, owner of Cascade Sciences and another woman in the industry who does a great job. I went to Mary and I'm like, Mary, something's wrong. Like, call our voice over IP guy, call the IT department. I'm getting drop calls and I can't have it because I'm in sales. A dropped call is a missed commission, you know? Yeah, that's Um, lost money. So, uh, 
finally, and we had the IT guy look at it. They couldn't figure out what was going on. Finally, somebody said, it's for cannabis. And I was like, what on earth? Because I only, I had no idea that extracts even existed. Of course, I knew about hash, traditional hash. Um, and my husband and I always enjoyed flour. But I hadn't, dabs were something I had never even heard of. Um, and this guy said, have you ever heard of BHL? And I'll tell you what, the fo- the subsequent Google searches changed my life forever. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I, you know, I, I learned what BHO was. I saw what people were doing. Um, I became just super interested, interested in kind of the, by then it was a maturing medical market in many states. Um, certainly there was no adult use recreational legislation yet at that time, but the medical space was popping in Oregon, Washington, California, Colorado. Um, and uh, that started the journey. Uh, early on, I reached out. Um, the best forum that I found to research things was Skunk Farm Research, um, which is now Gray Wolf's Lair. Um, and I reached out to the skunk farmers, who I was fortunate that they were in Portland. And we started collaborating on uh, projects. And my affiliation with them uh you know, brought me a ton of education and just wonderful relationships in the industry. And I, I really attribute any, any success that I've had to, uh, the original, the original skunk farmers. All right. You seem incredibly well networked in the industry. Every time somebody's doing something with their, their latest and greatest or their new gear, uh, up pops cat with, uh, with one of their shirts on and, and, and you're, you're all up in the middle of it. So, uh, I thought you worked for like 10 different companies. Uh, and and you, you, like I said, you seem to pop up all over the place. What would you say that your current job is? My current job. Okay. Besides being a mommy, I got to get that out of the way first. That's the important one. The important wife and mommy. Uh, right now, I'm independent, and you know what, Jason? It's it's kind of great. Um, the pay is not as good, <laughs> but but the freedom. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is. It's really good. I I think um, having started in the industry early days, um, you know, I mean, when ETS was a was a passion project, and and we could align ourselves with them that was exciting. And then watching kind of where they are today. Um, I just love, I love people and I love the industry. And I, and I think, um, you know, I've been affiliated with amazing companies, Cascade, obviously, uh, C1D1 Labs, uh, independent sales rep for, for Across, not directly working for Across, but certainly uh, promoting their good products. Um, I, I've, can sell somebody whatever they need. So if a, if a client calls me, I have relationships with all those companies. I can sell them all those things. But, you know, I feel like the value that I bring is in the ability to make sure that they not only have the equipment that they need, but all the education and resources that go with it. So having affiliations with carbon chemistry and consumables and extractor depot for all of those needs. And then my, my Rolodex of, uh, brainiacs. So any kind of consulting that somebody needs, I've got a guy for that Um, or a gal as the case may be. Um, But uh, right now that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm working on a little podcast myself, Sidco cat chat and uh, not fully launched yet, but hopefully by the time this launches, that'll be a thing. I'm a fan of this. 
<laughs> well, you're in my first. You're in my first pilot launch of episodes because uh, not the only reason I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good reason to be when I'm a fan of the episode you're in. Um, I take. I have a great relationship with. Um, Mace Media, who's the publisher of Terpenes and Testing Magazine, Extraction Magazine, Psychedelic Science Conference, CBD Expo. They are so um, supportive of me. So I set up my little podcast situation uh, at the show on the show floor and then um, capture vendors and attendees and speakers. Um, there's always there's always something to talk about at those shows. And it's... Uh, uh, a friend of mine listened to the podcast and said, this is like the next best thing to go into the show. And I thought that if I could capture that, that would be a success. Absolutely. Uh, so that was a really long answer to what I do for a job. And I'm not sure I answered it, but if somebody needed something and they called me, I would do it. And that would be my job. <laughs> nice. Nice. I can tell you that my favorite part of your answer right there was yeah. that you said, I can sell people whatever it is they need and not whatever it is that you want to sell them because you <laughs> run into that so frequently in this business that, that you're doing it right. And I respect uh, that. Can I tell you a set, like a story that I saw and I was, um, there's a slang term for what I was, but I'd rather not say it. Um, <laughs> but it rhymes with hawk stalker. <laughs> uh, and, uh, um, I was walking around the show. This was, uh, which show was this? Um, this was Canacon in Oklahoma city. And I walk into this booth and there's like two story tall stainless steel apparatus, huge, huge scale. And all the signs are like huge throughput, you know, more, bigger, more. And guy in the polo shirt is right there. And, you know, he stopped me and he's like, hey, I, you know, I'd love if you recorded a little bit in my booth. And we actually started to. And then a customer walked up and I said, you know drop me like a hot rock for a customer. <laughs> like, like yeah. I don't care who I'm talking to. I see a customer and I lose, you lose me, you know, I'm going for them. Yep. Uh, so he started talking to the customer and I stepped back and this guy, you know, it's in Oklahoma, which is an emerging market. Um, people figured out how to grow row crops there efficiently and well a long, long time ago. And uh, now there's people who have those row crops in the ground and they, and they want to try to do something with it. And this guy asked the question, um, what's the very cheapest way for me to get started on a small scale? And immediately I thought, okay, well, the sales guy is going to say, um, you know, this is, this isn't, my product is for big scale, large scale, compliant, you know, pharmaceutical, all sorts of things. This is not for you. Instead, he pulls out a brochure and starts trying to sell him a system. And this guy's <laughs> eyes are like glazing over. And I couldn't help it. I walked up and I'm like, um, do you really think that this is the booth for him? I mean, do you really? And the guy looked at me like I was the biggest jerk in the whole world. And it's not that I was trying to be. It's just like I wasn't stopping a sale. There was never going to be a sale that was going to happen. Like this was just a waste of everybody's time. And I think that it's powerful when salespeople know when, when salespeople know who their customer is, because not everybody is my customer, Jason. I don't have what everybody needs. I could probably, I bet you I could cover 80% of the bell curve, but I don't have what everybody needs. And sometimes my solution, just because I have a hammer, doesn't mean that you have a nail. You might need a screwdriver. So I, I really feel like um, 
it's beholden on us as salespeople, not just to make sure that our customers are getting the right equipment, because certainly this gentleman had a booth, the equipment that he had in his booth could process the hemp that this guy is growing. It's not that it doesn't work, but you know, he wants a washing machine that has a little bit of ethanol in it. He doesn't mm-hmm. want a GMP pharmaceutical factory that costs $5 million. That needs a crane and all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think, I think that, and that's how I build relationships. You know, I don't sell um, other than um, my relationship, like with carbon chemistry and um, some of those companies, I sell durable goods. I mean, when I sell a company uh, equipment, I, I would love it, you know, when they expand or when they grow, if they need something new. But for the most part, a lot of my customers are one-time or two-time customers over time. Um, And so it's even more important that I have a solid relationship with them. It's more like being a realtor than it is like being a grocery store owner. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's bigger sales, but people don't need me all the time. Like they need a grocery store. And you'll get a, a referral if you actually lead somebody down the right path. And the best part is, I mean, with consulting, I'm all—I'm the first one to say, I will tell you what I don't know, and I'll tell you what I do know. Mm-hmm. And people, when they hear that, just like it's such a breath of fresh air because all these consultants in the world are just like, oh, I know everything, I know it all. Yeah. And you know, yeah. you you might get that one-time job or you might get that one-time sale, but you don't necessarily get somebody that's going to come back. Yeah, and you know, it, it. And part of that is sort of the cannabis. Um, I mean, we, it it can be really easy in this game to have a chip on your shoulder. You know, you come from the legacy market, you've worked your way up, you've somehow managed to parlay years of, of traditional market experience into something like a, a regulated compliant business. You're you know, you're withholding taxes from your employees' paychecks and OSHA (laughs) signs are on the barn wall now. I mean, you've managed to make it this far. It takes a certain level of chutzpah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if you're a man or a woman, but you have to have balls to make it in the cannabis game for very long and build a brand that's reputable and embraced by the community. I mean, it's easy to throw a bunch of investment dollars at something and put a leaf on a package, it's difficult to get the support of the community and have an authentic brand. And people who are able to do that, in my experience, are people who are pretty big personalities. And they're right a lot of the time. And they're used to making strong, bold decisions and ride or die living with the consequences or having the success. I mean, they're sort of self-made individuals, I feel like, is a lot of my customers. And so it comes with a little bit of that swagger and that bravado that feels like you need to know everything and people want to meet that energy. You know, if I see, if I'm trying to sell myself to you and I see that you're a person who thinks they know everything, then I want to be a person who thinks I know everything. And, you know, um, I don't have a penis, so I don't need to worry so much about how big everybody else's (laughs) is and how big mine is, but I do understand that that's a big deal. And, uh, I appreciate that you all have to deal with that in your daily life, but I'm just (laughs) thankful. I'm thankful that I don't. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, So uh, you had mentioned the community in that answer. uh, And I think that's a a good segue into one of the biggest uh, hotspots where the community gathers, which is future 4200. I know that I have learned so much on there. That place completely changed my game. 
and mm-hmm. uh, got mm-hmm. a lot of love for that. Mm-hmm. So you're tied into that in one way or another. Uh, I'm a little unclear. What's the story behind your relation in there? Yeah, nobody really knows. Um, well, people get confused because the admin of the forum is Sidco, and that's not me. That's Zach. Okay. Uh, Zach's my oldest son, and I introduced him to Dustin in 2018 or 2017. Back in those days, Dustin, uh, Dustin, who is Future 4200, he is the man who started it all. Uh, Dustin and I met working for Skunk Farm. Uh, he's a he and I are junior skunk farmers, so we wear that proudly. Um, Dustin and I met, and I was learning so much on his Instagram. The problem with Instagram is that, you know, I can't save things. I can't sort things. I can't search things. I can't copy and paste things. I can't, you know, it's not a useful platform, but there was so much information coming from him and around him in the comments and all over. I introduced him to Zach, my son, the IT guy, and they got together and have a forum. So, um... The the two of them do an absolutely awesome job, I think, of they've created a community that's, um, I mean, what's the best thing about free speech <laughs> is that everybody can have it. You know, what's the worst thing about free speech? Everybody <laughs> can have it. Yeah. So, you know, it's an internet forum and, and uh, it has the parts of that. But for the most part, man, that community, those are my people. Like, that's my tribe. Um, that's where I learn a lot. That's where I'm able to contribute back. You know, I, uh, I, I will probably once a month, somebody hits me up to help them put a calibration offset in a cascade sciences oven (laughs) that I sold a long, 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 long time ago. And I don't mind that one bit. Um, so the, the future forum is, uh, is awesome. And that's future4200.com. And that's, uh, it's like Reddit, but, um, not owned by corporate assholes and um, everything cannabis extraction. There's also a really robust um, cultivation community, although it's you know it's not uh, first and foremost a cultivation forum. There's great forums out there for that, and it's uh, we're branching into psychedelics. So the I would definitely, um, if you're an expert or a newbie shroom cultivator, I would definitely check out uh, those threads as well. Yeah, you know, nine times out of ten, I'd say probably nine point five times out of ten. If you've got a problem, somebody else has already had it, and they've likely talked about it on Future Forty Two Hundred. Yeah. So if you're if you're willing to brave the forums, then uh, your answer mm-hmm. is there. Well, and and Jason, you are so right. So I cannot tell you at, at, at trade shows, at, everywhere I go, if somebody asks me a question about extraction. I'm like, do you know about the future forum? And it's sometimes it's little things. It's why is it so hard to change the wipers on this BR instruments one? Why does this gear pump over here keep clogging up? Why, what, what, you know, how do I do this on the vacuum pump? And why does this vacuum pump do that? All of those questions, you, you are not the first one. And I'll pull out my phone and I'll show somebody and I'll just put their question that they just asked me into the search bar on future 4200. And sure enough, like three things pop up. And sometimes, um, for the most part, people are like, awesome, that just solved my problem. I'm going to go read about it. And for the people who have more money than time, I got a guy for that. So the same person who 
wrote the SOP that you're now reading or who designed the equipment that you're now reading about or who optimizes the equipment and wrote an explanation on the forum is probably available for hire to come fix the thing in your lab so that you don't have to read about it. Yeah, it is a fantastic place. Uh, moving on from the actual internet forum, Future 4200, uh, I've seen lately you've been moderating some of these panels at Good Life Gang events, which the Good Life Gang is an affiliate program on Future 4200. Um, so now you've been moderating panels. Uh, definitely takes a, a special kind of personality to wrangle the personalities that are on these panels oftentimes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I'm always chuckling when uh, you, you figure out how to rein them in and, and, and keep everybody focused. So uh, props to you there. Let's talk a little bit about these Good Life Gang events and, and the panels that you have been moderating. The one that comes to mind for me is the uh, the Long Beach Good Life Gang event in, on 420. How do you play into this uh, into this whole Good Life Gang panel situation? Yeah, that oh, that was so much fun. So the Good Life Gang, as you said, Jason, is uh, an affiliate program that's kind of an offshoot, separate entity. So the Future 4200 Forum is completely free. Everything there is free. There's SOPs. There's all the discussion. The Good Life Gang uh, is a um, paid program where you would join. I think it's $420 a year, $1,000 for a lifetime membership. But don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, but manufacturers, there's a huge list. It is amazing. Anything from solvents, filtration media, lab consumables, and equipment. All of the vendors, anybody who's a key vendor in cannabis is a, is part of the affiliate program. And um, with your membership, you would get a discount code to all of those um, affiliate companies. So if you are in the market to buy any equipment at all, buy a Good Life Gang membership first and it'll pay for itself many times over if you're buying big equipment from ETS, Cascade, any any of those big uh, extraction companies, C1D1 Labs. There's And there's competitive companies on there. So Busy Bee, um, I can't think, Precision is on there. I can't think of an extraction company that's not a Good Life Gang affiliate that doesn't offer a discount for Good Life Gang members. Um, that's my plug. That's my plug for the Good Life Gang. Another thing that the Good Life Gang does is have local, have regional meetups and they are phenomenal. So I've been to meetups in uh, Denver, California, Washington, Oregon, um, but they've had them in Florida, Michigan, Oklahoma, New York, <laughs> Detroit. Um, they've had meetups everywhere. And um, the Good Life Gang meetups are typically sponsored by affiliate companies. So 420 was sponsored by Solvent Direct. And Cascade was also a sponsor. Um, Optimal Genetics was a sponsor. There were tons of people bringing hash. I can't even keep track of all of the labs in Southern California that were just loading us up with dabs. Um, and this one was really awesome. So I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know if it was Lex from uh, Solvent Direct. Shout out to Lex. Or if it was Dustin. But um, they set up, we had five panel discussions that day, and they were so high caliber. We had Masters of Extraction with, holy smokes, I mean, Hashton Kutcher, 
uh, Wameron Cocker, Cameron Walker, uh, Boris from Busy Bee, George uh, from Chemtech. I mean, like, like high level in the game for decades, like people who are, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people who are getting up and, and, and writing the molecules <laughs> on a whiteboard while we're talking, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so those guys were great. We had an education panel. There was a, um, a professor there from the local community college who's doing a course, uh, a writer from LA Weekly was there, who's their cannabis writer. I mean, we just had all of these folks and the, and the discussions were great. And you, you give me too much credit um, as the moderator, because I'll tell you, I mean, it's really easy to make smart, passionate people sound smart and passionate. So I kind of was just, you know, they're reminding them to be close enough to the microphone that we could record it. But every, you know, they are so smart and so passionate about the industry and, and always just contributing ill nigh Alex from C1D1 labs. Just what's funny is we got through all the panels. So we had this amazing uh, Airbnb that was the venue for the party and, and where we did all of the panels uh, vendors were there. Food was there. It was so awesome. We get to the end of the night. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm in my jammy pants, <laughs> Dustin and I, and a couple other people are kind of putting the furniture back to where it goes in the Airbnb. And I looked over at him and said, dude, you were not on any of the panels at all. And we didn't record a single discussion. And there's future 4,200 who puts on this entire thing. There were like 150 people there and it was amazing. <laughs> I didn't get a single, I didn't get anything from him recorded. And he's like, yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> but anyway, but, <laughs> well, that's but how those, you know you made it. You don't have to get in the middle of it. <laughs> so he was, uh, Oh, it was great though. Um, Jeff came from uh, Beard Bros Media, so we're hoping to do some closer work with them. You know, they're kind of, they have their, if you don't follow Beard Bros on Instagram, you should. They're my daily news source. Oh, I do. And they come from a cultivation background and kind of want to partner with Good Life Gang and and Future 4200 to round out their offering more with... um, some more on the ex- extraction side. So that's, that's super exciting. So they, they came for the party and uh, yeah, it was, it was just, um, it was, it was great fun. It was great. It fun. sure looked like a lot of fun. I wasn't able to make it, but I, uh, I, I checked it out from afar on, on Instagram while it was all going on. Yeah. And we've got, um, if you go to Dustin powers on YouTube, uh, he's got the videos of the panels and uh, they're really excellent discussions and really good resources. If you're looking at buying equipment, um, looking at partnerships for, you know, solvent and consumables, check out those videos and you kind of get a flavor of what those companies are like, because here are their representatives, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you get to see the flavor of their personality and what they have to, what they have to offer. Yeah, it was some some fantastic content. Um, Along the uh, fantastic content lines, another one of the projects that I'm really into that you're involved with is Hash Fight. So I've been, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been following this since the idea just first started getting kicked around on Murphy Murray and Propane Jane's Instagram. I absolutely love the premise of it. It's a it's a heads up battle between two two things either two labs or two products or whatever so anything that's in our field 
Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us a little bit about Hash Fight and about your involvement in it. Jane had this idea for Hash Fight. She's amazing and she's an extractor. And she's propane Jane because she was using propane before it was cool. She cut her teeth on ETS equipment back in the day. Um, she can turn a wrench like none other. And with her uh, experience and Murphy Murray, obviously Murphy uh, is an excellent educator um, in the community, both video, in-person, Zoom classes. If you ever have an opportunity to take one of her classes, I highly recommend it. Um, I've been to a couple and uh, she's just a, she's just a great communicator and um, is really a respected expert in the field. Um, and not often do those two stars collide. <laughs> you could be uh-huh. a very respected expert and just not able to get, you could be able to deliver fantastic extracts and not be a teacher. So it's wonderful when somebody um, has the knowledge and also can communicate that in a way that's um, really easy to receive, which Murphy can do that. Uh, but Jane had this idea for Hash Fight, and it was really about, um, you know, two labs one hour, more hash faster wins. So a lot of it was just about um, showcasing labs and actual extractors, as in the people, not the equipment, who are doing the hard work. Give them both the same input material, see how much hash could be produced in a certain amount of time. Um, We feel like the industry has has gotten to the point where, um, yes, you have to have high-quality, wonderful extracts, and we don't have time to mess around. We have to be able to produce at a scale that makes the current price point feasible to support a business. And so um, that's what we want to highlight. We want to highlight the labs that are doing the work and making it happen. Um, I'm going to be the announcer, interviewer, talky person, (laughs) the person I don't really, I don't really have a a name for my role, but um, I am uh, going to facilitate the interviews sort of before and after the hash fight. And then when we go live, um, trying really hard to keep Murphy and Jane on track, which frankly, there should be a name for that. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but keeping Murphy and Jane on track, that should be I mean, there's that's a role. That's a role right there. So well, they just have um, so much fun just going. <laughs> they do. And then they start talking, and I'm like listening to our Zoom recording, and it's like a 90 minute Zoom recording, and there's probably 15 minutes of decent content in it where we're not talking about our kids or getting sidetracked by what somebody's wearing <laughs> or just <laughs> off on a tangent. Um, I, I don't blame the dabs, I just blame our personalities. Um, but uh, Hash Fight, we. We did a soft launch in Oklahoma City. Um, We did it around Canacon, which was great. Uh, I love having these events right after a trade show because you've already got everybody there. So industry people who wouldn't travel to Oklahoma for something are there because they were there for the show. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, We went to a local lab in Oklahoma City, take a trip extracts, take a trip labs. And we, Murphy prepared their lab to do a class. And during the class, she demonstrated two chromatography methods, uh, carbon chemistry and media bros. And using the same input material, taught the class around both methods of filtration, the different PPE that's involved, uh, the different, you know, carbon chemistry, you've got to 
bake it out in the oven first, sort of pre-processing. So there were some, you know, the, the class got to go through utilizing both media according to the manufacturer instructions. We tested the input material before and afterwards and had some really interesting test results um, after the experiment. So it was a huge amount of fun. And then we had an enormous after party that was ridiculously off the hook. I was like, I got invited to the cool kids party. It was, that's how <laughs> I felt the whole time. Like I am with the cool kids right now. Well, as you should be. <laughs> uh, so moving on from hash fight, where I finally had a chance to sit down and meet you, which actually I'm going to sidebar for a minute here and tell you a little story, which I don't think you've heard yet. But I, I had been following what you were doing for a minute and was like, oh man, Sidco Cat's got all the, all the cool folks on her podcast or on her panels or whatever. I need to meet Sidco Cat. She's doing it. And I, I saw you uh, hanging out at your booth there and, uh, and, and kind of lurked on the, uh, on the wall for a minute like, okay, I'm, we're, when somebody's going to leave her eventually. I'm going to sneak <laughs> over there and talk to her. So uh, yeah, I met you, met you there at the CBD Expo and the Psychedelic Science Conference. And uh, I saw you receive an award at this show on the little uh, social hour uh, or yeah. dinner after the first the first day of the show. So tell us a little bit about this award. You know what? Um, it's I was just wonderfully generous. It's uh, for um, being an ally in the psychedelics, being an advocate for psychedelics, and I definitely think of it as aspirational. You know, I, I don't feel like I've done enough, certainly on the psychedelic side, I don't feel like I've done enough, um, yet to be worthy of an award, but I, I receive it as an aspiration that I would like very much to be recognized as someone who is working to bring safe plant medicine to everyone. Um, I feel very strongly about criminal justice reform, feel very strongly about decriminalization. I put a lot of my personal efforts uh, locally towards um, uh, cannabis regulation, smart regulations. You know, I show up at a lot of board meetings and uh, pay money personally. I'm not a cultivator in the Emerald Triangle, but I'm an ally of those folks. And um, so, yeah, so that award was uh, just so kind that they would think of me. And uh, I went to the Psychedelic Science Conference um, to moderate panels. And I, okay, Jason, the experience that I had when I went from laboratory, corporate America laboratory to cannabis, I was like, wow, these are my people. This is my tribe. I'm never going back to the Laboratory Products Association or to PitCon or to SemiCon or to all these lame-ass trade shows. I'm mm -hmm. only going to High Times Cannabis Cups with my vacuum oven, and this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. Okay, that feeling of like moving into the cannabis space and the people have a much different vibe. I went to a psychedelic show, and I'm like, fuck cannabis. I love these psychedelics people. All these cannabis people are so uptight. And I don't mean that, of course, at all. But, you know, I, I, the difference between the vibe and the energy in the cannabis space and the psychedelic space, man, you guys, it, check it out. Um, it is good for the heart to see people and the, and the, the research that's coming out about the help for 
depression. A study just came out a few weeks ago, Jason, that um, psychedelics performed as well as antidepressants. As mm-hmm. well. Could you imagine? I mean, yeah, you fantastic. Could, it, it, it just, the, and the, everything about mushrooms, it's happening faster. That was the overwhelming feeling at this conference is that, you know, we went from a robust medical space in cannabis to this, you know, progression. It's like a very slow dominoes falling. Um, if you look at the states that are adopting legislation, it, it is moving quickly, but remember Colorado and Washington passed their adult use legislation in 2012. That's almost a decade ago. And so, yes, it's happening. But what we're seeing with psychedelics is this, it feels much faster. And um, small pockets are decriminalizing. You know, Oakland, who started it, Denver, um, the entire state of Oregon has decriminalized drugs. Um, so we're seeing this movement. And, and it could really, really help people. I really, really am passionate about it. So, you know, I, I, I want to be a part of that psychedelic space that's coming. And I want to be a voice for um, taking some of the lessons that we learned in cannabis, the hard lessons, uh, and, and applying them so that maybe we can have nice things. Absolutely. We need more ambassadors in that space that that are um, coming at it from from your perspective there. You know, there's a there's a wide range uh, of people that are, you know, active or activists uh, about this. And uh, I think I, I really like your approach personally. You know, it's it's an educational one and just trying to calmly get the points across. And uh, there's a there's a lot of, of various ways to approach it. When I was in Oklahoma, I was talking to people because I'm, you know, I'm obviously every day I'm working in the cannabis space. That's what I'm doing. And I've got a foot in psychedelics and I'm working towards that. So I'm already reaching out to vendors that I had relationships with a decade ago whose products were not applicable in cannabis, but whose products are applicable, certainly in mycology and other things. Because now we're looking, we're going towards chemistry. Um MDMA, Ibogaine, other things. We just need chemistry labs. And I've got that. I got that. Um, so I'm going back to those vendors and uh, vendors who honestly over the last decade have reached out to me and said, hey, I see that you're working in cannabis. This is my catalog. What do I have that would be good for cannabis? And I go, kind of nothing. <laughs> well, those are my, yeah, my pipetters. Now, now we need you. So nice. um, as we pivot, as I pivot more, you know, I'm talking to people in the cannabis space a lot. Um, about mushrooms and psychedelics and and how that's happening. And when I was in Oklahoma City, somebody said, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma will give us cannabis, but there's no way (laughs) we're going to be able to get psychedelics wrong. Jason, here's my pitch, and I want everybody to get on my page. All right. Pull up two or three studies about how psychedelics have helped veterans. I know a lot of things about people in Oklahoma. I teach Sunday school with his mouth and – I have a lot of things in common with people from Oklahoma who might be a little bit reticent or reluctant to engage in, you know, to have psychedelics be a thing. But let me tell you something. If I can make a compelling argument about psychedelics, mushrooms in particular, home cultivated mushrooms that are in little capsules that help people, if I can make a compelling argument about the research that's being done around PTSD, Oklahoma would be the first state to make it legal because 
nobody in Oklahoma is going to leave a veteran hanging. And if this is how we can help that community, it's going to do it. So I think that if we adopt those harm reduction talking points and really, really speak to um, depression and PTSD, not just because I'm using veterans as kind of a way to get my foot in the door, but because I want to help them. And because there's a lot of veterans per capita in those Midwest and Southern states. And I want them to have this medicine. So that's my passion. Nice. I think a lot of the folks that are in the cannabis space, you know, we've been very conditioned to treat it like a business, treat it like a business. How can you make money? What's the bottom line? How do we make more hash faster? All of that right, stuff. Right. And, uh, and, and moving, there's a lot of people that are in the cannabis space who are interested in the psychedelic space, specifically mushrooms, as it becomes to get decriminalized. And I think personally that it's a very, very touchy situation about how to approach this and how not to make it just completely capitalistic uh, going into this very, very powerful medicine that is, it's, it's not cannabis. And I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of folks that don't necessarily grasp that, that are looking at this from a, from a strictly business perspective. What do you foresee on the horizon as far as that kind of crossover in the business world around it? Uh, I, oof. Uh, well, I do, I do believe that people have an infinite ability to screw things up. And so, and, and, and wrong motivations will just make that happen faster and more efficiently. So certainly that's going to happen. And I also, although, although specifically, and well, when I say psychedelics, it's very, very broad, but let's talk about plant-based psychedelics, specifically mm-hmm. psilocybin mushrooms. While they are outrageously safe compared to alcohol, cigarettes, many pharmaceutical drugs, um, there is a certain community that, um, and I don't completely understand it, and I don't have all the research, so I don't want to, I don't want to either minimize the risk or make it sound like something that there's not. But psychedelics affect the brain. We don't completely understand how the brain works. People with propensity to certain um, mental illnesses or challenges, you know, it, all it's going to take is a frat party somewhere where a bunch of kids think that it's fun to eat a handful of mushrooms and one kid to start tripping and drop out of school for their activist parent to make (laughs) decriminalization really hard in that area. You know what I mean? I mean, there will be, there will be pushback because there will be situations that are inconvenient for the psychedelics industry. Um, I think that psilocybin is going to have a far greater reach in terms of microdosing, I think that's something everybody can kind of get their minds around. You can try it. You don't get high. You don't trip. You feel a positive effect. I think people are going to like that. Um, and uh, I think as a nutraceutical and more of a therapeutic product, um, that's kind of how I see legal mushrooms unfolding would probably be available through a mental health provider sort of situation or in kind of a therapeutic setting. Um, Definitely there's going to be a lot of tourism around psychedelics. There already, I already have a number of projects uh, in beautiful destination island nations that have decriminalized everything and they're getting set up for, um, you know, all inclusive resorts with ketamine and ecstasy. I mean, that's, that's where we're going. I think that that will be, 
common for somebody, for couples to want to go on a vacation where you are tripping in a way that feels very safe and supportive. Um, I, there's a lot of discussion around ayahuasca right now, which is fascinating. I'm not as familiar with ayahuasca um, personally, but some of the discussions around that have been around how indigenous practitioners are saying that their their medicine is losing its potency because it's being so widely distributed and, and not handled well. And then there are also the same strong, amazing voices who say, you know, I have my own relationship with my medicine. It doesn't have to be like the indigenous relationship. It's my relationship. So I, I don't have so much of a position on any of that as I am um, a very interested, engaged spectator sort of watching this all unfold. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful time to be alive. Just kind of seeing <laughs> this this failed drug war come a little bit closer to an end, and having people appreciate what grows out of the ground it's it's a big deal. Fifty years, fifty years, and I I just did an interview with Michael Miller, who's an author, um, journalist, lawyer, cannabis advocate, plant medicine advocate. Um, he and I just did uh, had a conversation, and Friday was the 50th anniversary of Nixon signing the you know drug war into policy, and uh, just the devastation that that's caused in our country, uh, the devastation it continues to cause around the world. Um, I mean, there's people, there's drug kingpins who wouldn't be drug kingpins if it weren't for the fact that it was illegal. So we could make all of it go away tomorrow by having some sensible policy um, and uh, decriminalizing all drugs and then supporting people who have uh, substance abuse issues on the road to recovery. So we could have nice things. Get out there and vote. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Who do you vote for? Who on earth do you vote for? Because, I mean, look who we have right now. I'm telling you what, no friends of cannabis, they. And uh, the cognitive dissonance with my friends on the left who thought that the author of the crime bill and the top cop in California who's incarcerated more brown and black people in my state, your state, than anybody else, whoever thought they were going to be friendly to cannabis reform, was, I mean, I want what they're smoking because that's the gelato kush. Um, so, you know, I don't know who to vote for. Um, I think it all starts for my local level, libertarians. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Local. We got to do it local. It's decriminalizing urban centers, you know, Oakland and Denver, great model for that. Oregon leading the way. And I think Oregon will be, um, you know, we're all going to watch Oregon. We're going to watch crime rates. We're going to watch um, drug-related crime. We're going to watch homelessness, and we're going to see if they can pull it off. Yeah, I'm very excited to see someone who I have a little bit more faith in approach it, uh, especially after all of our uh, all of our mistakes that we've made in cannabis. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are paying close attention and that are trying very hard not to to relive the past with uh, mm-hmm. making the wrong decisions. Yeah, I'm excited. To and see let's how get people out. out of jail. You know, too many people in jail. They need to be released now. Anybody um, on a nonviolent drug offense needs to be out of jail, uh, yep. and and we need to we need to 
bother when when last prisoner project tells me to write a letter i write the letter you know if 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 that's all i can do right now then that's what i can do well you certainly have a voice in the uh in the community so you know hey when uh when, when sidco cat tells me what to do to to, to help out i'm <laughs> uh, i'll sign up okay <laughs> <laughs> uh even if that just means using my voice to say it again that's right i appreciate it Absolutely. Um, so before we get uh, t- too far down the, the political rabbit hole here, uh, let, let's chat about the uh, the trade shows and the conferences and, and that whole schedule. So I know you, you make a point to be at many of the industry events. What's your schedule look like for the rest of the year? Mm, uh, too full and not full enough. You know, it's always the balance. I, I'm so excited to go back to traveling. I started in February with... Uh, a Good Life Gang event in Denver, and um, the Psychedelic Science Conference, Canacon in May. Uh, I'm excited to go to um, the Extraction Expo in September. I'll be in August at the Psychedelic Science Conference in Orlando, um, Psychedelic Science South, and that's a Mace Media CBD Expo Extraction Magazine, that, that whole... Uh, media group. Uh, They put on a great show. Actually, I'm excited about Orlando um, because I'll be moderating the Delta 8 debate. And uh, at the last, at the last show, you know, these shows are, um, a lot of them have great speakers, but truthfully, most of the people are there to see the expo floor and to see the equipment in person. And certainly all of us salespeople can't just be nerding out at the panels, although we would like to be because we're holding it down on the, on the fort, holding down the fort on the show floor. So um, sometimes the panels only have half a dozen people in them. And later on, a lot of people watch it on video, but during the, at the time um, you, you, you have to be happy if you have 20 people in your, in your room, you know, that's just the reality Uh of these conferences. Well, the Delta 8 panel was so heated uh, in Denver that it went for its full 45 minutes and then it went for another hour and there were at least 150 people in there listening. So this is a hot topic right now. Uh, it is huge. Yeah, it was standing room only. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. And and it was funny because they, you know, the room had social distancing. So these chairs are all fall apart, really far apart. But then there's people like three people thick around the walls <laughs> lining, <laughs> lining the room. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about Orlando uh, to moderate that panel. And uh, to hear what everybody has to say about Delta 8. Uh, and then, of course, I'll be at MJ Biz. I think Dustin is just sort of gauging interest now in whether or not the Good Life Gang will have. The Good Life Gang has traditionally had some big swanky mansion in Vegas for MJ Biz. And um, honestly, I've I've done more business at the Good Life Gang Mansion than I've ever done on the show floor of MJ Biz. Uh, so uh, I probably will be um, at MJ Biz one way or the other, but hopefully it's with the Good Life Gang. I will certainly be there as well. I'm definitely planning on being at the Extraction Expo. I think I will. I will also have a booth there. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to come talk to each other on our uh, yes. uh, respective microphones. 
Yes, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good time. I'm a big fan of Mace Media and everything that they're doing for uh, for the business and for for the science side of things, where everybody gets to kind of see, you know, what's really yeah. going on out there. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So, what do we have to look forward to out of Sidco Cat for the second half of 2021? I'm going to launch this doggone podcast. I mean, technically it's launched. I, I, I listened to it on your website. <laughs> okay. So yes, yeah, so Sidco, Sidcocat.com. Uh, you can go listen to it. I'm starting um, an online resource for mycology supplies called equipmentculture.com. And uh, that's not launched yet, but will be. Um, and in the meantime, if you need um, media sterilization, HEPA filtration, flow bench, anything for the mycology bench, uh, reach out to me because I would love to help you. I have vendors who are, have equipment ready and waiting. Um, and let's see the rest of the year. I mean, we've, well, we got to get through summer and then we have flu season coming up. I don't know. I I feel like I'm not equipped to predict the rest of the year, (laughs) but God bless us. (laughs) We need it. Um, you know, I think, uh, getting back to traveling is, is really great. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I realize my, my colleagues, Jason, the other people in those booths, like we, we were seeing each other every six to eight weeks for an entire weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, we would stand next to each other for 10 hours in the booth. Um, go out for a drink at the same bars or go to a restaurant or go to the same after parties. Like we, you know, you always know whose booth you can go to to borrow a little extra packing tape or who's got a, Mm -hmm. who's, who's got a steam, who's got a steamer for your table drapes and all those things. Like, you know, we work together on this show circuit really hard and um, getting to see everybody again, all my colleagues that I just, I miss so much. Um, that's been really wonderful. So I, I'm in it for the hugs. I'm in it for all the hugs and, uh, you know, passing, passing the joint around and, um, I'm, I love it. That was one of the big things that I really noticed when, uh, when, when I went to the event in Denver, you know, I'd been to other Mace events in the past, but they were a lot larger and I was a lot, uh, more timid, I guess you might say, Mm -hmm. um, and so going to this event, being smaller, seeing the real family environment of a lot of the vendors that are there and a lot of the, you know, just like the whole, the vibe of the place was great. So it was, yeah. uh, it was a lot yeah. of fun going to that. Mace Media does a great job. I really love their, I love everything they do. I, I got to be on the, uh, uh, the CBD IA, uh, the uh, CBD associations. I was on their, uh, advisory panel and just everything Celeste does. She just touches something and it turns to gold because she works her ass off. <laughs> That's the hardest working gal. I know. <laughs> I did not see her slow down once the entire mm-mm, event. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope. Uh, well, so what are you most excited about regarding the future of our extraction industry or the psychedelics industry? You can, you can pick which one you want to answer. Uh, I am excited for people to discover how, I mean, this, this is from, this is just from my heart. God has provided us the medicine and I'm, I'm not a person who shuns Western medicine. I don't shun any kind of medicine, but there are things that grow out of the ground that can make us better. And it's wonderful when we have technological advancements and it's also wonderful when we rediscover what's always been there for us. And personally, uh, for myself and my husband, 
um, we receive both enjoyment and great therapeutic effects from both cannabis and um, mushrooms, other plant medicines. Kratom is one that my husband uses daily for pain control. He has a number of terrible, shitty autoimmune conditions. And, uh, you know, we use plant medicine and it helps him. And we've used pharmaceuticals and it sucked. So I want more people to have access. It breaks my heart that um, there are people, including veterans and moms and dads and even children who could potentially benefit from this medicine, but who by, um, by limitation only of their geography don't have access. Um, that's heartbreaking. So in the future, Jason, I just want us to get closer to the medicine. I want it to be available to everybody. I want everybody who thinks that it might help them shake the blues to be microdosing mushrooms and have easy, reliable, safe access to that. You know, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see more joints, less alcohol in the world. Um, I, I feel like that's what this industry could do, and it's good work. Couldn't agree with you more. I think there's a lot to, lot to be gained from it. So if people want to get a hold of you and see how you can help them out or with uh, any of the, the the 10 different hats that you wear, what's the best way to reach out to you? <laughs> oh, uh, I lo- Instagram is a great way to reach out to me, Sidco underscore cat. Um, you could message me there. Of course, you can message me on the future forum. So future4200.com. You can go to my website, sidcocat.com, and you can send me a message or an email from there. There's a million ways to get in touch with me. It's easy peasy. Um, and uh, I would love to be of service. So if you're if you're in the industry and need equipment or consulting, I can help. Uh, if you're just getting started with a company and you want to know, you need planning services, we can help with that. If you're a company that's already established and you're growing or changing, we can help with that. If you want to ask me some wacky question because I'm a really nice lady and you're too embarrassed to ask it to anybody else, I can help with that. <laughs> and I actually get those all the time. I actually have people, Jason, who ask me, who will come to me and say, I have a question for the forum. Will you put it up there? I'm like, dude, are you serious right now? They're like, yeah, I'm not going to let people know I have that question. I'm like, you have 20 minutes to put that question up there. I'm going to put it up there and tag you and say that you were too embarrassed to ask it. (laughs) So, And then they find out that they should have just asked it all along. So see how easy that is. But there's lots of ways to be in touch with me, and I would love to be at your service. Um, You know, and I I get wonderful questions from young people who are in college about how to get in cannabis, and I'm usually able to find people um, a job shadow, maybe just for a week or so or something in a lab. So, um, if people are in the community and feel like I could be a resource, go ahead and reach out. The worst thing I could say is no, (laughs) but I would say it so nicely. I agree with this one. I, like I said, I, uh, I I watched for a minute and then, and then nervously came up and said, Hey, uh, I'm Jason. Can we talk? And immediately first thing here, sit down, let's chat. (laughs) Next thing I know I'm on a podcast. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kat. I uh, I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear this episode. That's that's not true because I I cringe when I have to listen to myself. But I sure have enjoyed recording it, and I love listening to your podcast. And uh, I love hearing all my my friends and colleagues on there. So you're doing a great job, and thanks for being such a positive part of the community. I sure appreciate it. All right, thanks again to Catherine Sidman for joining us today. 
If you want to get a hold of her, track her down on her Instagram at Sidco underscore cat. That's S-I-D-C-O underscore C-A-T. Or you can go to her website, SidcoCat.com. As Catherine and I were talking about during the interview, in addition to publishing Extraction Magazine and Terpenes and Testing Magazine, Mace Media Group puts on some fantastic conferences, my favorite of which is the Extraction Expo, and it's coming up soon. This year's expo is going down September 30th and October 1st at the LAX Marriott in Los Angeles. It's the only trade show or conference completely dedicated to extraction. All of the exhibitors are pertinent to the extraction business, and all the speakers and panel discussions are targeted at us. It's the best networking and educational event specific to our industry, and modern extractor listeners are eligible for half-price tickets. I'll be there with a booth, interviewing exhibitors, speakers, and interesting guests, handing out swag, and doing my modern extractor thing to cover the latest and greatest in the industry. I'll also be teaming up with Sidco Cat for some fun live segments from the expo floor, so stay tuned for that. Ticket sales and information about the expo are available at extractionexpo.net. When you go to purchase your tickets, don't forget to enter our promo code MODX to get them for half price. That's M-O-D-E-X, no spaces. I'll see you at the expo. As always, if you want to hear about something specific on the show, let me know. Email me, jason at modernextractor.com. Make sure to follow the show on Instagram at the underscore modern underscore extractor. If you guys like the show, please subscribe and leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. The more subscribers and better reviews I get, the better guests I can continue to book for you here in the future. So I'm going to be taking a few weeks off to line up and record some more great guests for next season. But don't worry, I'll be back before you know it. If there was ever a time to drop some suggestions about what you guys want to hear on the show next season, that time is now. Hit me up on the email or on the Instagram. A big thanks to Isada Venegas for handling business on the show's social media. And a shout out to the New Fools for bringing the funk to the Mod X theme song. Thanks again to everybody for tuning into The Modern Extractor. Season 4 is on the way. I'm Jason Showered. Let's talk soon. <laughs>